Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Today, we're taking a break from our regular format to listen in on a Sunday sermon given by guest speaker Michael Cooper titled Kingdom Potential, a study in Matthew 13. Now get your Bible to follow along. Um, my name is, is Michael Cooper. I, I've been in the background and kind of the hidden part of this whole story with Redemption Hill and with Steve. And um, like I said earlier, like I've been part of this relationship with Steve and the church planting. And we'll talk about that more in a minute um, with Steve for almost eight years and so I've been praying with him. We've been talking about this. And it is incredible seeing what God is doing. And I'm excited to be here with you today. Like Michaela said, my official title um, and what brought me to Utah and what I do for my day job is I work with the Sin Network. And I am what's called a church planting catalyst for Utah. And that means essentially every day I wake up and I do things to help new churches get started. Um, we'll talk more about church planting in a minute, but that's what I do. Sundays I'm recruiting guys. Sometimes I'm trying to get resources. Sundays I'm just sitting down and having coffee with guys and encouraging them to keep going. Um, we love on their families. We love on their spouses. And, you know, Michaela and your church helps us to do that well. And we are super appreciative of that. And so anyway, that's who I am. We're also, we are starting a new church called Valley Light Church in West Valley Magna area. We've lived there for over eight years now. Um, my wife's a high school teacher in West Valley. And God started laying on our heart that there needs to be a church here and nobody's actively trying to reach these people. And in fact, a lot of people were honest in the Wasatch Front kind of tried to avoid that part of the area. Now you guys are laughing at me. I said this through the last service. You guys all started judging West Valley Magna. It was only a couple of years ago that the government had to give like discounted like loans to get people to move to Eagle Mountain. All right. I mean, so some of you guys got those. You're like, we're going to move there because the federal government's going to subsidize our loan to encourage it. So careful judging, you know, glass house. Um, but no, we, we, we love it. We, we understand the stigma with it, but it's been good to our family. It's been good to us. And we haven't gone to a church in our community. And we say, you know, it's time for that to change. And I tried getting somebody there to start the church and God's just made it clear to us that he's already put somebody there um, to start the church. And so for me and my family, we're, we're gonna do that. We'll talk more about that as we jump into this sermon uh, today. But like I said, I love Steve, I love this church, I love you guys, and I love being here with you today. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 13, verses 31 through 32. If your Bible's with you, I hope you do, open up your Bibles to Matthew, chapter 13, verses 31 through 32. So Jesus is doing ministry around this area called the Sea of Galilee. This is still towards the beginning of his ministry. He's doing a lot of healings and uh, miracles and crowds are starting to gather. Word's starting to get out that something's going on with this Jesus guy. Something is happening. And 
And the crowds are wanting to come see what's he going to do next? What's going to happen to do next? And they're starting to wonder, maybe this guy is the Messiah we've been hearing about. Maybe he's finally come. Maybe he's finally here. If this is happening, we want to be there. And the image that we have is that he's by the, the, the lake and the crowds are pushing in on him. And it's... You know, for us, it's summertime. Whenever life gets too busy and too many expectations, what do we want to do? Let's just go get on the boat. And let's go out into the lake. And that's what Jesus does. Jesus gets on the boat. He gets away from the crowds. But his purpose of getting on the boat wasn't to avoid the people. The reason why he got on the boat is because he wanted the people to hear what he had to say. They were gathering around him. They are pushing on him. And whenever Jesus goes out on the boat, then the crowds will stretch out along the shoreline. As they stretch out along the shoreline, Jesus can teach. And as he's teaching, his voice is going to get carried across the water and more people can hear what he has to say. And as Jesus is speaking, he's giving a lot of these parables. And parables are stories that are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. They're stories that for the people would have been tangible, would have been something that they understood, but they point towards something much bigger, something much more significant and spiritual in nature. And he's trying to help them understand what they're seeing, what's going on, what's taking place, because many of the people there might be confused by what's happening. And they're trying to figure out, is this the one that we've been waiting for? Is this the moment? And Jesus is trying to explain to them what is going to happen and what is happening. And that's where we jump in here. Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 32. And Jesus says, He presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all the seeds, but when grown, it is taller than the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the sky come and rest, come and nest in its branches. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your teachings. We thank you for the parables to help us understand you and what you are doing. God, as we open up your word today, let it penetrate our lives. Let us change us. Let it impact us that we become more like you and understand what it means to live in your kingdom. In your holy name we pray, amen. Can I have my water, Devin? Sorry, I forgot to bring water up. Three people asked me if I needed water and I said no, then I forgot to bring my water up. So Jesus is teaching here about this kingdom of heaven. And he starts off and he tells us about this mustard seed. And he says the mustard seed is, the, is like the kingdom of heaven. And he says it's the smallest of all seeds. Now some of you are probably a botanist or somewhere in here and you're thinking, that's not really the smallest of all seeds. He's not giving a botany lesson at this point in time, but rather he's referencing back to a figure of speech that would have been common for them in religious teachings. And they had a figure of speech that referred to the mustard seed as being the smallest of seeds, but it produces something greatly outsized for its proportion of being something small. So he's not necessarily giving a statement that this is the smallest seed, but he's referencing back to a figure of speech they would have been familiar with. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like this mustard seed. And when the farmer plants it in his field, it grows larger than the other plants. 
And it's really more of a bush that grows and it becomes large and it becomes big for being in the garden. It's really more of like a, an herb and kind of functions like a weed almost as it continues to grow. And it's not really a tree, but it is large enough at its largest points that birds could come and land on it. And it says here nest, but the word nest is, is less a, a sense that they're making literal nest, but that they're resting, that they can find rest, that they can find refuge within this mustard plant. And it's this idea that what the people may be seeing, what they may be experiencing amount to experience may seem much less significant than what they thought. Because at this time, Israel was looking for this Messiah to come. They were looking for this one that was going to come that was going to restore Jerusalem and Israel as a political power. And so they were looking for a military warrior, but they were also looking for this Messiah that was going to restore Jerusalem and Israel to God. Because there had been this separation between Jerusalem and Israel to God. And there's also, they were being, uh, at this point, uh, underneath Roman rule, and they were hoping that this was the Messiah, this is the one that we've been hoping for, that was going to restore everything. And Jesus is telling them here, like what you're going to see is like a mustard seed. It may look small, but what's going to happen is going to be significant. And it's going to be large. And he says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is something that may start off small because instead of Jesus coming and bringing this great battle and bringing this great restoration of Israel and Jerusalem, we know how the story of Jesus on this earth ended. He died. He died on a cross. And for many of his followers at that point in time, they were disappointed. But we know that he rose on the third day and by that death on the cross and rising on the third day, his, the kingdom of heaven was established here on earth. And Jesus is going to come again one day and his kingdom will be established in its fullness. And until Jesus comes again, we are seeing it, we are experiencing it, we are part of it, that his kingdom is continuing to grow and his kingdom is continuing to expand. And it's continuing to happen. But it started off as something that seemed insignificant and seemed small. But today, that kingdom of heaven that's here is real. Some of us are experiencing it. Some of us know it. Some of us can feel it. And others of you who maybe don't have that relationship with Jesus and aren't part of that kingdom of heaven, it's out there and you hear people talk about it but it's not real to you. So my wife has been pregnant twice. And I really appreciate kind of this movement that we're having now to where just isn't the wife that's pregnant anymore, but the couple is pregnant. So people say to the husband and wife like, oh no, it just isn't her that's pregnant. You're both pregnant. I appreciate that as a man, getting some acknowledgement that we're going through something as well. Um, that, that's nice because not only did my wife like grow, but I also grew um, during, during this season. And there's a, a group thing going on here, but 
my wife experienced things that I did not experience in being pregnant. Um, and, and particularly, whenever my wife was pregnant, she had a, a very real relationship with my children while they were still inside of her that I did not have. I don't know if other men here can understand or relate with me, but my, my wife, from the moment she became pregnant, there was somebody that was with her at all times. She would talk to her. She would sing to them. She would, she would love them. She would tell them stories. And then she would want me to, like, participate in this. I mean, I, I, mean, I know. Like, I mean, I've studied theology, and I have a very concrete belief that a person is a person at inception. At the, at the moment that the woman becomes pregnant, that there is a real person and a real live person inside of her. I, I believe that. But it's a whole different thing talking to my wife's belly button. <laughs> and then as the pregnancy continued to progress, like her body starts doing weird things. And, you know, we'd lay in bed at night and you would see her, her belly would start like moving. All right. I know for like women, you find that very adorable and sweet. But for us, it's weird. And but for, for my wife, like she's like sensing their personalities, like she has a relationship with our, our child and she's like, that's their foot, that's their elbow, that's their hand. And to this day, their personalities that they were in the womb is still the personalities that carry with them, according to my wife. I don't know. Her, anyway, but she would only put her, my hand on her belly and touch her, her belly as all this was going on. She wanted me to be part of it. And I knew here that it was happening, but it never felt real to me. And then we got to the, the labor and the delivery room and I was scared to death about all that was going on. And I just hid my head like down by her ear. And, and, and that's where I spent my time and I was encouraging her and saying I love you and all sorts of things, but trying to be oblivious. And anyway, as, as we're going through this process, at some point we start to hear this baby cry. And I'm hiding, and my wife says, what's going on? And I look over, and to my shock, there's a baby. I mean, I should have known this, like we were walking in there to have a baby, but for some reason it never hit me that we were walking in without a baby. And now there's a baby. And so I yell out, there's a baby. <laughs> and my wife looks over, and she says, there you are. I'm like, where did this come from? And my wife talks to the baby like she's known my daughter for nine months. It's the same way with the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is real. The kingdom of heaven has been established here on earth. Now, it's not fully here yet. It's not here in its fullness, but it's going to happen. Is coming whenever Jesus comes again. The Bible tells us he's coming again. We as Christians believe that he is coming again. And right now, if you are a Christian, you are living and you know that you are part of something that is greater than this world and you're part of a kingdom that's larger than this world and your leader is not the president of the United States or another country, but your leader is God who reigns in heaven. And one day Jesus will come again, whenever he comes again, that reign will be made full and complete. And just like with my daughter, 
We know it. We experience it. As Christians, our job is to tell everybody about it and to make it clear that this kingdom of heaven exists. And whenever Jesus comes again, there will be some people who are going to say the followers of Jesus Christ, the ambassadors of that kingdom, are going to look to Jesus and say, there you are, you are my savior. And we are gonna be excited that we are finally in the fullness of that relationship and of his presence because we've already been walking with him. But there'll be far too many others on that day, either after they die or whenever Jesus comes again, that they will come face to face with Jesus and they're gonna say, there's Jesus, but there won't be that relationship. But for those of us who are Christians, those of us who are in relationship with Jesus, we can feel, we know that this kingdom of heaven exists right now. We know that it's here and we get to be part of something that's small, that's continuing to grow, that's continuing to expand. And eventually it's going to come in its fullness and it will overtake the whole world. This just wasn't something for Israel and Jerusalem. This is something for everyone and the whole world that's going to come, that is happening, but will come in its fullness. And this gets expressed in a couple of ways. One, we have the church, capital T, capital C, church. This is everybody who has a relationship with Jesus and believes that it's through Jesus and through his work on the cross that he does the work that we cannot do for our sins to be forgiven. Because the only way for us to be part of that kingdom and to be in relationship with God is for us to be perfect. And we can't be perfect on our own. The only way we can be perfect is through the work of Jesus who was perfect, who did that work for us on the cross, and we accept the work that he did on the cross for us. And those that have done that are Christians and they are part of this kingdom of heaven. And if you've had that experience and you know this, you feel it, you sense it, you're part of something greater. And you're part of the larger capital T, capital C church. But we also see it expressed through local churches. That's why attending church is so important. That's why having a church in Eagle Mountain and reaching out to Eagle Mountain and Saratoga Springs is so amazing and so important because you're taking up space. This is a living embodiment of the kingdom of heaven. That's why it's so important that you are here because you're part of the kingdom of heaven and you're living in it now. And you're living it as an example to other people around that they can come and they can partake in this. And they say, you may not be able to see in its fullness yet, but you can experience some of it now in this place and here. And this is what I get to partake in. And it's this verse is where we get the title that I do as church planter from and church planting catalyst. And we use the terminology in our, our world of church planting because this is what we're seeing happen. We're seeing something very small get planted, trusting in God for that thing to grow large. And every church plant that I've ever been a part of, every church plant I've helped start, they are all miracles. And there's time after time and thing after thing that's unexplainable that the only way we can explain how we get to where we are at and those churches existing is by God doing something that's far beyond us. Whenever you look at different cultures, 
every farming culture and every farming community is typically more religious than the city. They may not all be Christians. They may be following different religions. But farming communities are more religious. The cities tend to be more atheistic, secular, thinking that we can do things, we can create it. But farmers know. They know that there's something about planting a seed in the ground and that seed sprouting and producing a crop a hundred to a thousand times fold of what they plant in the ground that they can't take credit for. They can create the conditions. They can plant the seed. They can make sure it's watered. They can harvest. But there's something in there that happens that's a miracle that's outside of their control. Here's how I met Steve Pearson. One, I was praying for more churches in Utah County. We've seen a surge of churches in Utah County and it's a miracle. But eight, nine years ago, we didn't have that. And I was praying that we could see more churches started, especially on this side of the lake. And one day, I am in Atlanta, Georgia, riding on a bus with another, some other guys who help with church planting. And there's a guy that I'm riding with, and he says, you know, I might know a guy who knows a guy who might know a guy that might want to start a church in Utah. I'm like, okay. And so he gives me the phone number of the first guy. And so I call the first guy who led to the next guy. And then I call up Steve Cold. I'm like, hey, Steve, my name is Michael Cooper. I'm the church planting catalyst for Utah. And I've been told that you might want to start a church. And Steve's response is, go back. Who are you again? <laughs> and me and Steve started this relationship that eventually led to Redemption Hill, starting here. And whenever we initially started talking and praying about starting this church, we were looking at different areas than here. Because this area was known for being a difficult, hard area to start a church. And there just weren't as many people living here as there are now. Now there's a lot of people living here and they're moving in every day. And it feels like everybody that moves into like Saratoga or Eagle Mountain, like you move here and you're like, this is great. Now I don't want anybody else to move here. Like you all, everybody wants to be the last person to move. Anyway, sorry, I digress. And definitely nobody else from California. Um, I, 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 I moved here from California also. And this church in particular has, anyway, if you don't like Californians, you may want to go. All right, that has nothing to do with what I'm saying. But what I am trying to say is this. Everything about this church from day one until today is a miracle. I remember Steve and I dreaming as big as we could dream. And I don't know that we were dreaming of something that God's already done in the last few years here at Redemption Hill. We weren't even sure about the area that it would even be worth the energy and effort to start a church out here because it just seemed so daunting and hard. And everybody else that had tried, we were thankful for, but it never quite turned into anything significant and they all struggled. And then Steve finally got to the point where he said, I already live here. I might as well start a church for the people that I live around and the people that I love. I started a church here in Eagle Mountain has bounced back and forth between the borderlines of Eagle Mountain and Saratoga Springs as God's closed one door, opened a bigger door, closed another door, opened an even bigger door, and just kind of the story of it. And it's been amazing 
Because Steve is an incredible person and his family is an incredible family. And the people who've been around here since the beginning and helped are amazing. But at the end of the day, Steve is not capable of pulling this off. It's a miracle. Steve said, I will be used by God to help start this church. But Steve was not capable, even though he's a very high capacity leader. And it's amazing that a high capacity leader was already living here in the place we needed a church. But he was faithful to allow God to use him. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and with guest speaker Michael Cooper. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If you've been encouraged in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah, and a production of Key Radio. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. 